a computer hacker learns about the true nature of his reality, is pulled out of a computer program and told that he is the one true savior who can change everything. A groundbreaking sci-fi action thriller from 1999 that changed the game in so many ways, made Keanu Reeves a superstar, still resonates with us today. This is The Matrix. I'm Connor Izagari. And I'm Austin Johnson. Welcome to Filmgasm. Matrix is one of both of our one of our favorite movies. It's a film that we've been wanting an excuse to talk about for a while now, uh, and we figured it would go great with the cell, the uh, the theme of you know being plugged in, going into another realm, and yeah, it's just flawless. It's perfect. Yeah, and I, you know what I love after watching, you know, watching The Cell and then rewatching The Matrix. I just watched it today. Um, what was really cool was how how 1999 and how 2000, you know, each of those movies are. <laughs> they're, they're they very much uh, represent the time that they came out and like yeah. what was popular and what was going on. Um, yeah, I, I I love I love I love that connection that we made without really knowing, you know quite what it was going to be so uh yeah the matrix obviously huge deal movie that we've both seen many many times um and it just screams 1999 more than any more than any movie that came out that year and uh yeah I, I think we both love a lot of movies from that year you know fight club you know that's when like american pie came out you know my personal favorite you know magnolia came out that year uh and then you know and then there's this one too and there's just there's so many classic classic movies that came out that year and uh this one's right at the top when you think about it you know Well, I think that the whole theme of The Matrix, you know, free your mind and the world is a lie. It feels like a great send off to the like of the 90s and a welcoming to the to the new millennium. And yeah, it's a great kind of it's a great New Year's movie for me. But um, I mean, where do you even start with this, this this story? It's insane to talk about. Like if you if you've never seen The Matrix, you're not gonna know what in the hell we're talking about. But then again, why are you listening to this if you haven't seen The Matrix? So, yeah. Yeah, you'd be surprised how many people like our age haven't seen The Matrix. It's really weird. It's one of those, like, it's it's obviously a classic and was seen by a ton of people when it came out. But it's one of those, like, The Big Lebowski, where it's still kind of, like, has that cultish thing about it, you know? A lot of people have seen them, but, you know, it, it is, like, at the end of the day, it's an acquired taste, The Matrix is. So... Uh, I, I just, I, I fucking love it. <laughs> it's so awesome. Oh, me too. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's always been something that I just can't get enough of. And I see new things every time I watch it. I fall in love, fall in love more with Neo each time I watch it. Um, uh, I, I do wish the trilogy would have uh, gone differently, but that's okay. The first one's awesome. Yeah. I, I have, I think I feel the same way. I think the matrix is just an epic action movie. It's, so neat it's been parodied countless times it's one of the films that i think it's a tentpole of the 90s a tentpole of modern action cinema yes and it's endlessly rewatchable for the characters alone and the incredible action sequences that still hold up yeah exactly i mean yeah like strictly just morpheus 
and Neo alone are just these iconic, you know, monumental characters. And both, like, I mean, like Lawrence Fishburne, you know, that's exactly that is immediately the character I go to. Um, you know, and I, for me, it's Neo for Keanu Reeves. I know John Wick. We talked about <laughs> on our most recent on the cell. We talked about uh, the kind of battle between John Wick and and Neo. And yes, the John Wick movies, like as a whole, are better. But fuck, the Matrix can't be touched, man. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. We're gonna have to do John Wick one day and really dissect it. I know. It. I know. Oh, they're great. All three of them are great. They have something <laughs> amazing to offer, and that's just not true with all three Matrix movies. It's true. There are moments of Reloaded and Revolutions that I adore, but the movies overall are are pretty weak. Yeah, it just doesn't have that that organic feel. You know, when you first get introduced to Neo and you see like the wake up Neo and you knock knock like fall of the white rabbit, all that stuff is just that's some of my favorite parts of the entire movie. And you you just don't have the opportunity to do that in the second two because we know who Neo is kind of and it I I don't know the first one usually does you know is usually the best that's usually usually how it goes uh, and that's definitely the case here. <laughs> the Matrix at the time you know it was new it was a film nobody had seen anything like this before and part two tried to capitalize on that but I don't think the Wachowskis realized that everyone who was seeing that had already seen. You know, the Matrix, they weren't being they weren't going to be surprised. Yeah, and exactly. They tried to capitalize too much on the Zion thing that just got weird and nobody cared. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit about these people. I want to know what's going to happen with Agent Smith and Neo's battle. Like, that's all I care about. Yes. And yeah. And then three doubled down on that. And I <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm worried that the uh, the fourth part that's coming out next year is going to be very experimental uh we'll see i i'm i'm a little bit hopeful you know yeah trying trying to be positive it's also you know hard to like be positive about movies at all right now that are like (laughs) supposed to come out but uh i'm hopeful about the content within that one that'll be it'll be okay i hope here's hoping so the matrix was written and directed by lana and lily wachowski who have also never topped the matrix They've never come even close. Uh, Some of their other work includes Speed Racer. Yikes. uh, Cloud Atlas. Yikes. The TV series Sense8. And uh, yeah, that nobody watched. And I believe they wrote V for Vendetta. So. Okay. Okay. There you go. It's an interesting bunch. I like V for Vendetta. There's other other things I don't don't really care for at all. (laughs) You know, Speed Racer. That seems. yeah, Yeah. They just never uh, they they peaked. They really they peaked way too early. And uh, I think only one of them is doing Matrix four. I don't think the other one's involved. Okay, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know which one, though. They're kind of (laughs) they're just a unit. They're just the Wachowskis to me. The film stars Keanu Reeves as Neo, the so-called one, the christ-like savior figure who's supposed to end the war with the machines and save mankind and uh this was the film that took keanu straight to the top of the (laughs) a-list yes yeah it was almost will smith too you can thank wild wild west for that (laughs) oh yeah thank the lord oh what a what a career mistake that was Uh, right yeah oh man and how, how much different the matrix would have would have just ended up oh boy I don't want to live uh, in that world. <laughs> nah, man. Besides John Wick, what are some of your other uh, favorite Keanu roles? 
Oh, speed. I mean, speed is like speed. All right, speed is fucking legendary and is you know, uh, yeah, probably my third favorite like character that he he's had. Uh, yeah, definitely being Neo and John Wick being my favorites. Um, you know, I like Bill and Ted. Those are fun. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Um, what else has been more recent? I liked mm. Constantine. Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, Devil's yeah. Advocate's not bad. Um, yeah, yeah. He's no, I mean, he's been busy. You know, if you look at his like IMDb, it's like, oh, shit, you know. Uh, but yeah, my favorites are always going to be The Matrix, Speed, and, you know, John Wick. Those are those. Those that's his best work to me. Yeah, it's really hard to top, to top that. And uh, he got he kind of got pigeonholed with The Matrix because everyone started comparing every role he did after that to Neo. And uh, I think John Wick was a very lucky shot he got to finally break out of that mold and be something else. And uh, yeah, couldn't be happier. The dude's supposed to be like the nicest guy in Hollywood. He's got a rep for being just super kind to everybody. And uh, I wish him the best. Yeah, and of course, you know, point out the obvious that he like does all of his own shit. You know, he practices, you know, trains martial arts and figures out how to, you know, do these stunts and stuff. So there's mad respect all around for his, you know, the way he's able to do all sorts of things. And um, yeah, his his like stake in action, you know, in the action genre is about as big as it can get. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He just yeah, he, he has a huge. He has a huge part in the history of, of action movies. For sure, man. Uh, then we've got Lawrence Fishburne as Morpheus, the mentor to Neo, who unplugs him and shows him the real world. And Lawrence Fishburne, um, he was nominated for his performance in uh, What's Love Got to Do With It, where he played Ike Turner. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard he is scary, like really, really good in that. Yeah, 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 he is. And he's he's got performances throughout his career where it's like, man, he is fucking good, you know, but he, he he's just been in too many um, like just average movies, you know, where it just feels like he's just picking up a paycheck for me to like really be uh, a fan of his, you know, but oh, oh yeah, you know, Morpheus, Morpheus is a fucking awesome character. Morpheus is pretty badass. But again, I take it back to the John Wick franchise. He's the Bowery King. He's fucking yeah, rocks. yeah. <laughs> Isn't it just it's so cool for for, uh, for like people to, you know, you have the 20 year gap of, you know, the Matrix starting in 99 and we still have John Wick movies happening and for them to reunite in a different world is, is great. <laughs> I love it. It's pretty sweet. Uh, we've got Carrie Ann Moss as Trinity, the badass uh, second in command of Morpheus's crew who develops a strong connection with Neo. And she's badass in this, too. Uh, I remember her in Memento. She was such a piece of shit in that movie oh i know like and it kind of when i saw that at such a young age memento that kind of like was ingrained in my head that that's how she is you know (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh boy that's not good for me as a if i'm gonna be a fan of hers but yeah trinity is a badass character good lord straight up and uh did you happen to see the uh jessica jones series i yeah i know you're talking she's in that right i've only seen a couple episodes I watched the first season. Uh, I couldn't get into season two, and that seems to be the case with a lot of the Marvel shows, frankly. Uh, yeah, but yeah. She played a lawyer. I think her name is Jerry Hogarth, and she was really kind of a unlikable character, really tough to to root for. Yeah, but, uh, no, I, I believe it. Always, yeah, Trinity's always been her bread and butter, the character she's been known for, and uh, I think she's coming back for part four as well. 
Okay, there you go. That's fantastic. Yes, indeed. Uh, then we've got Joe Pantoliano as Cypher, the double agent who fucks everything up. <laughs> oh, boy, love, he's great. Love me some Joe Pants. That guy is the fucking best. <laughs> oh, man. What's your favorite like roles of his? Ralph Cifaretto, the Sopranos. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, come on. He's fantastic. I wish he was in more episodes of that. What a motherfucker that guy was. Also in Memento, obviously, as Teddy. Yeah. So that's a, that's a cool little cool little connection there with Carrie Ann. The first thing uh, yeah, I ever saw him in was uh, Ben Urich as in Daredevil. Oh, the, interesting. Uh, I, I remember seeing him in, in Bad Boys when I was really young. Ah, see, I... I only saw I've only seen Bad Boys one time and I barely remember it. Yeah, it's all right. But that guy he shows up all the time and all sorts of stuff and I love the guy. Great character actor and Cipher's one of his best performances. Oh, for sure, most memorable for me. Yeah. And the last guy I'd like to touch on is Mr. Hugo Weaving as Agent oh Smith. <laughs> Maybe my favorite bad guy in action history. I fucking love Agent Smith. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, in action history, yeah, I, off the top of my head, he's yeah, he's up there. I mean, Agent Smith is frightening. He can he can fucking fight. He's you know totally totally aware of, of the situation, you know. And the, mm-hmm. I, I I love that. I love when a villain is like has this sort of control, you know, aspect to them. That's obviously like a huge trait that a lot of massive evil people have had, and he just has it all. But he's not, you know, he's unassuming. You know, it's fucking Hugo Weaving. You know what I mean? I, I love love that character. He's a character who you feel like he always has the upper hand. No matter what situation he's in, he is always in control. And Neo is such an anomaly for him that he's willing to go to any lengths necessary to put him down. Yes. And the coolest thing about Agent Smith is that he's supposed to be this emotionless program. But Hugo Weaving plays him with such fervor that that emotion seeps through and he becomes like a completely different entity. It's so Mr. Cool. Anderson. Yeah, it's There's... great. He's amazing. And, you know, of course, like the fact that he did this Hugo Weaving, and then he was like in my life already. And then he was in Lord of the Rings. It's just like, dude, come on. You know what the hell he became an immediate, like God in my, in my world, <laughs> in my world is like, <laughs> that guy's in the best shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. And he's, I wrote, yeah, he's fantastic. I wrote an essay in college uh, comparing the machines in the term in the uh, in the Terminator Skynet to the machines in the Matrix, and I used the um, Agent Smith as an example of the machines developing emotions in order to protect themselves or something like that. But it was a fun essay because I got to dive into the emotionality of Agent Smith and how he's kind of a walking contradiction. He's everything he says about Neo about himself is kind of wrong. Like, you know, the inevitability and how he's, you know, Neo is just another, you know, ant to his boot. Like the things that Smith says about humanity, he kind of is guilty of those things, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's um, uh, you have. You know, guys like like Voldemort is like that. It's like, dude, what are you what are you trying to fucking do here, man? <laughs> There's all these like classic guys. That, yeah, it, they get so fogged up in their mind with what their actual, you know, incentives are. And yeah, yeah I love that. I, I love that's really cool. That you got to do that with with especially a character like Agent Smith. 
But with Smith, is I feel it's different because he's not supposed to be like this. His character is specifically designed to be emotionless and dead set on one singular goal. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He kind of develops his own sense of revenge and hate and want and desire that none of the other agents have. He wants to be free. He hates Morpheus. He hates Neo. He wants out of here. He doesn't want to be an agent. He wants to be free. It's such a strange character. And it really supports this this theory that I've heard that Neo is not the one. It's Smith. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's a cool, yeah. Yeah. I've read I've read that before and it it, always, it just always blows my mind, you know. There's evidence in two and three that pulled it like push this along where you really could consider that Smith is the chosen one here who's going to reset the matrix because he's the one who does that ultimately in part three. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just I I feel like Smith is on a completely different level. He's such a layered character, unlike anything the Wachowskis ever did before. Like that guy is such a brilliant character. That I co- I go back to him all the time when I think of like my favorite movie villains. Smith is always in the top ten. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, he also, you know, had a big part of uh, the MCU. Oh yes. <laughs> so you know, would you like to talk about that? <laughs> Johan Schmidt, the Red Skull. Oh my yes. God, what great casting that was. <laughs> indeed, indeed, I agree. That that couldn't oh. have been a better choice. Couldn't have been. It's like. It's such a shame he didn't want to come back for more, but uh, they got, you know, uh, Ross Marquand of The Walking Dead has uh, the reins of the Red Skull now, and who knows where that character will go in the future. But we got to see Hugo Weaving step into those Nazi boots for one movie, and it was glorious. Exactly. Yeah, always a part of the history of the MCU. Uh, and, then, and then, yeah, I would, I would like to see, you know, V for Vendetta. He's, yeah, you know, that's some other kind of performance. It's fantastic. The guy is, is an underappreciated legend in my book, and I'm always excited to see him on the marquee. Yes, exactly. I agree. But Smith was his crowning achievement. <laughs> yeah, and I'll always, yeah, I'll always turn to that one. You know, a lot of these guys, this is this is the movie. You know, most of these these actors, this is the movie I look to when I think about them. Oh, big time, big time. Oh, boy. So The Matrix has an IMDb score of 8.7, Rotten Tomatoes score of 87%. It won four Oscars, Best Film Editing, Best Sound Mixing, Best Sound Editing, and Best Visual Effects. Four Oscars it totally fucking deserved. I would have given it cinematography as well. Yes, agreed. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's an absolute masterpiece, and let's dive into this. (laughs) All right. Oh, yeah, before we do that. It did gross $465 million on a budget of $63 million. It was a massive hit. And uh, like we said, you know, it turned Keanu into a superstar. It gave the Wachowskis carte blanche to do it pr- pretty much whatever they wanted. And what they wanted to do was two more Matrix movies. <laughs> <laughs> Milk that shit. Milk it, man. And I think they had an animated short film series, The Animatrix. Oh, gosh. They had two video games, Enter the Matrix and The Matrix Path of Neo, both of which I have and have played. <laughs> Hell yeah. They're fun. I gotta say, they're fun. Ah, so, The Matrix. We open with great score and the uh, the cascading green code that's become iconic with this franchise. And that's supposed to symbolize The Matrix. A phone rings. 
and we hear a conversation take place between Trinity and Cypher. They're talking about, you know, they she's watching somebody who's supposed to be this great power. And Cypher's like, you know, are we sure it's him? And she starts saying, like, wait, is this a secure line? And then she hangs up. And then we go to the cops who are right outside the door. It's such a cool opening because you don't – if you've never seen this before, you have no clue what's going on. You're yeah, like, it's fantastic. It's it's an awesome intro. Yeah. yeah. The, whole, the first, like, 20 minutes are great. It sets the tone. You're wondering, like, what is this? What, what am I in for? And the cops are surrounding Trinity, and then these three agents come out outside to talk to the chief of police. And he says – and we see Smith for the first time, and he tells the, the lieutenant, you know, you had specific orders – and he says, "Don't my, my grandpa's favorite line, like, don't give me that jurist my diction crap." <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's great. And uh, the cops like, you know, I think we can handle one little girl. I sent three units, and Smith goes, "No, Lieutenant, your men are already dead." <laughs> already, you're like, "What is oh, that?" Yeah. And then we see Trinity kick their asses. <laughs> awesome we get that iconic shot of trinity like hovering in the in the room with a kick primed that's been parodied from everything from shrek to scary movie (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and uh she gets out of the room calls morpheus and is like you know i need a way out and asks if there's any agents and she and he says yes and she's scared she makes a run for it and one of the agents sees her and there's a chase the agent starts chasing Trinity across the rooftops and you see her leap like 50 feet over a rooftop. And then the agent does the same thing. And and right there, you're like, this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> this is something else. It's insanity, <laughs> man. It's great. <laughs> Oof. And uh, Trinity makes a run for it, dives into a small window. And I love that part where she just, like lies down at the at the uh, foot of the stairs with two guns pointed at the window, just waiting, and she has oh, to convince a, herself to get up and go. That's a great <laughs> great shot of her. Yeah, of her. Uh, not only the one where it's like looking down the stairs, but when the camera goes back up the stairs, looking at the window. Oh, I fucking love that part. This movie does such a great job of making you terrified of the agents. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh god, the way they're running on the roof is fucking scary dude they're inhuman they're single they're single-minded all they want to do is kill the free thinkers i love it (laughs) so trinity gets out of the building goes to a public phone booth to get out but a garbage truck is driven by smith and he drives towards it just as she runs towards it he destroys the booth but she got out and the, the agents meet up and say that it doesn't matter if she got out because the informant is real and they have the name of their next target. His name is Neo. <laughs> and that is when we meet Thomas Anderson. He's a computer programmer with a boring day job, but by night he is a computer hacker named Neo. And that's Keanu. <laughs> and, Keanu uh, Reeves, baby. Oh, hell yeah. And he wakes up to see typing on his computer. It says, wake up, Neo. The Matrix has you follow the white Dude. rabbit. Oh, man. <laughs> like that, that, uh, I want to talk about how important that is in, you know, the whole, you know, 
follow the the rabbit, you know, Alice in Wonderland, like that 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 way of storytelling is huge, timeless. It's gonna be here forever. And man, the Matrix does it, introduces it so well. Like to show, yeah, to show Keanu, who at the time, you know, had yeah been in Speed and like Point Break and some stuff, but it's like to see that guy playing on the computer and then yeah, you just see the words pop up. It's like that's cinematic. <laughs> <laughs> that's cinematic, you know, greatness. That's what. That's like what you want. You want to find those kinds of scenes uh, in movies, especially fantasy, sci-fi, action movies. Like, goddamn, I I can't say enough about how excited I get once I get to that point in the movie where I'm like, oh man, like what is going on? You know, it's great. <laughs> oh hell yeah, man. And uh, there's a knocking on his door, and it's this guy Choi who is buying yes. some kind of uh, software off Neo. And, uh, Mescaline, man. It's the only way to fly. <laughs> <laughs> Mescaline. <laughs> I read a theory that, like, on that software is, like, the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've read that theory, but I don't know. That this gets movie, a little complicated. This movie could go so many ways, though, so, yeah. Yeah, just go straight down the rabbit hole, if you will. Yeah. And uh, the woman he's with has a white rabbit on tattoo on her shoulder and he decides to go with them to a rave bar you know follow the white rabbit and uh at this rave bar you've got rob zombie music you know blaring and neo standing alone and trinity walks up to him introduces herself he recognizes her as the hacker who cracked the irs database and uh she says that he's in danger that somebody's watching him and she knows what he's after she knows that he wants to know what is the Matrix. So it's neat how Neo kind of independently woke himself up like for a little bit of this. Like how – because obviously because he's the one. You know, he's got a deeper connection to all of this than everyone else. That's why he knows what the Matrix is and why he's curious about all this. But uh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, like like the fact that he our, – yeah, our main character was like researching it just as a nerdy dude. And then gets totally fucking involved in it. <laughs> imagine if that's, you like started. That's like doing, national treasure, man. Imagine if you started looking into like some weird conspiracy theory that then like became your entire life. Like, it's, yeah. it's really fucking weird. And then it turns out you were right. <laughs> yeah. Nicholas Cage, national treasure. You know, declaration <laughs> of just, independence. I just watched national treasure two uh, yesterday. Oh, great stuff. Book of secrets. Actually, you know, we're going to segue away from The Matrix for a second because I read the coolest shit that I need to share with you. So, okay. the end of, Na- of National Treasure 2, you know, obviously there's the page 47 and, like, what is that going to be? Well, <laughs> somebody came up with an epic plot for their own National Treasure 3, and I want to share it with you. Okay. So, back in the – when the Constitution was formed, the leaders of America, Ben Franklin, James Madison, Thomas Jefferson – They all decided that if America ever got too corrupt, if America became like the next England, they needed to have a contingency plan in case, you know, so they could go somewhere else and kind of start things anew. And this was New America, project codenamed Atlantis. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Yes. And on this colony in the middle of the Pacific Ocean is a completely separate society that lived following the the founding father's example 
and page 47 is dealing with finding that island. <laughs> Dude. So but the only person who knew about like the modern day, like the expert on this was Sean Bean from the first movie. Oh, yes. Oh, so they have God. to break him out of prison in the first act to get his get him on the team so they can find this island because there's some like psycho like, you know, Alex Jones style crazy person who's trying to find this island and like use its resources to like usurp the American government or some shit. But it sounded so cool. Dude. <laughs> I was like, fuck, yeah. let this guy write it. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, I'm in. All right, I would yeah. be I'd be so in for that. God, I love those movies. I you know, they're not, you know, I I I understand they're not, you know, the best, you know, the most plausible movies, but God, they're entertaining. <laughs> I don't go to a movie about the president's secret book that holds the all of our nation's secrets. I don't go to those movies for plausibility. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. You know what you're signing up for. Yeah. I mean, yeah, oh Nicholas Cage is in them. Come on. Yeah. But uh, yeah, those movies are a big influence on my love of history. And I, I just I read that fan theory for part three and I thought, like, that's the coolest shit. They need to make that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll never I'll never forget seeing the first one. You know, I, we were we were nine years old that year. You know, that's a big deal. Oh, yeah. Well, I remember my mom told me, like, you got. Connor, there's this new movie coming out that's all about American history. You're going to love it. And I'm like, oh, boy. And it, yeah, turns out I did love it. <laughs> and, and then you and then you see Raising Arizona, you know, and you're like, oh, man. Fucking H.I., <laughs> you know, that was great. <laughs> H.I. Na- ah. National Treasure. Ah. <sighs> have we done a Nick Cage film yet on this show? I don't think we have. No, we have not like. Um, no, yeah, because we just talked about, you know, the Coens for you know, for an episode, but we haven't done a movie of his. Wow. I can't believe that over a hundred yeah. episodes in counting bonuses. And we haven't touched Nick Cage yet. Wow. We've done a Jennifer Lopez movie, but not a Nick Cage. Yikes! Ah! Oh, that hurt. That might have to change sometime soon. Oof. Yeah. We're going to have to work on that anyway. Yeah. Back well, to the Matrix. Well, maybe, yeah. We, we could do, you know, he has some, uh, we could do like Mandy or something, you know, cause he has some stuff that could be uh, a weekly episode, you know, We'll oh, figure yeah. it out. We'll figure yeah. it out. He's in a lot of movies. He's in a ton, and he doesn't <laughs> seem like he's slowing down either. <laughs> nope. So Neo has uh, – he's late for work. Alarm goes off, 918. He goes to his software company job at Metacortex, gets the third degree from his boss, says he has a problem with authority. And oh, it's such a – I've been there. I've had that talk with the boss. It's bullshit. And uh, did you get those TPS reports done? (laughs) I'm going to need you to come in Saturday. Yeah, that'd be great. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, while we're at it, I'm going to need you to come in Sunday as well. Okay, great. (laughs) About that. (laughs) After working in an office, that movie is way too fucking close to the truth. (laughs) Talk about 1999. (laughs) Office Space is one of my favorite movies from 1999. Hell yeah, man. It's so oh. good. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. So, Neo, or I guess he's not Neo yet, Thomas Anderson, goes to his cubicle and is just staring at a blank computer. It's not even on. <laughs> just very Keanu Reeves, yeah. It, it's very much, you know, he knows something's wrong with this world, so why try? I like that. He gets a... F- I've been there. He gets a FedEx package (laughs) 
Um, in the package is a cell phone, which immediately <laughs> rings. And on the other end is Morpheus, who tells Neo that they've run out of time and that they are coming. And Neo looks up to see three agents coming into his office to arrest him. Neo's pissed and scared, and he's like, what do I do? And Morpheus is like, follow my instructions. There's an office at the end of the hall. Go there. And it's it's cool. Morpheus is guiding Neo across the the office, and Neo's like, how the hell do you know where this stuff is? <laughs> and um, Morpheus tells Neo to go on the scaffolding outside and climb up to the roof. And Neo's like, fuck that. <laughs> and understandably, yeah. man. I mean, yeah, I mean, I would have done the same thing. Yeah, I would have been like, no, this guy's crazy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. This guy's calling himself Morpheus, you know. No. <laughs> you get a phone What's... call from an international terrorist who tells you to climb on the outside of a building. You're going to second guess that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll let the cops just talk to me about whatever they need to talk about. Keanu Reeves actually did climb out there, though, on a skyscraper. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He does all that shit. Yep. But he just like, you know, he can't do it. He drops the phone off the building, and he's like, nope, this ain't me. So he gets arrested. Smith takes him in. He gets to, to an inter- interrogation room, and this is one of my favorite scenes because it's so – it's a brief segue into horror, just ever so slightly, and I love it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Smith is, in, is uh, interrogating Neo. Neo is very argumentative, and Smith is trying to, you know – good cop bad cop him he's got his file open and he just calls him you know mr anderson it's become an iconic that's all he ever calls him i love it <laughs> yeah and, i uh, love that because he's he's like you've been leading two lives you know? the way the deliberate way that smith chooses every word it's such a weird way to talk but it's exactly how a computer program would talk yeah yeah <laughs> And the second one as a computer hacker named Neo. <laughs> just like, oh, this guy. Get me out of here. <laughs> one of these lives has a future. <laughs> so, <laughs> You've disappointed me, Mr. Yeah. Anderson. <laughs> Smith says, you know, if we want your help to capture Morpheus in exchange for amnesty. Neo's yeah. like, wow, sounds like a pretty good deal. I got, I, how about this? I got one for you. How about I give you the finger... And you give me my phone call. <laughs> yes. Ah, I love it. That's our hero right there. Hell yeah. That is classic, classic Neo right there. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I love that because part of you, yeah, would be like, who is this goofy ass dude with these with these dopey, you know, these guys who like look identical to him? Like, what's going on? <laughs> and he flicks him off. It's great. He says, you can't scare me with this Gestapo crap. I want my phone call. (laughs) And Smith puts on his sunglasses and said, what good is a phone call if you're unable to speak? And suddenly Neo's lips fuse together. (laughs) Frightening. Yeah, and he's screaming and we're like, whoa. And, you know, how do you reconcile that? Like, how do you explain that to yourself? How your lips just closed forever. Like, that's fucked up. He gets uh, thrown on the interrogation table by the agents, and they put this weird mantis shrimp probe bug thing into his stomach, and it goes through his belly button. Ugh, disgusting. And yeah, that's um, that's some stuff that I still feel like you know holds up really, really well today. Uh, still looks very, very frightening, and uh, you know sets the tone that this isn't just going to be like a 
weird sci-fi movie, there's going to be some like really fucked up shit, you know? Dude, I saw that scene first, way before I ever saw this movie. Oh wow! I was like, I was like seven years old. I was at a blockbuster, and they were playing this on like in the store, and I happened to be watching it at that scene, and it scared the shit out of me. Yeah, no kidding. Seven <laughs> I didn't know what old. this was. <laughs> God. Years later, when I finally saw the movie, I was like, oh, my God, it's that movie. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> the one that gave me nightmares and I didn't know what it was. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. Uh, Neo wakes up in his own bed, assuming it was a nightmare. His phone rings and it's Morpheus again, who tells Neo that the line is tapped. He has to be brief, but he's going to go. Uh, they want Neo to go to the Adam Street Bridge and wait for him there. He gets picked up by Trinity and two other people, uh, Switch and I think Apoc. And uh, Switch tells him, you know, puts a gun on him and tells him to take off his shirt. Trinity tells him it's for, you know, our protection, that he has to trust her. But Switch is like, you know, it's our way or the highway, so pick one. Neo's like, well, fine. And he starts to leave. (laughs) You imagine if he just left, like... Years later, talking about that time he was almost abducted by two like black leather wearing women in a car after he had a nightmare about getting <laughs> shrimp stuck in his belly. Like what the fuck? Weird day. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> oh no, for Keanu, it's just normal, you know. <laughs> he stays. Trinity convinces him to stay. They use this weird device to get the probe out, and Neo suddenly is like, "Holy shit, it was real!" And they drop the bug into the road, and it goes dark, so they can't track Neo anymore. And uh, that's when Trinity takes Neo to meet Morpheus. And Morpheus is more excited to meet him than Neo is to meet Morpheus. It's like meeting Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. Morpheus explains he's been searching for Neo his entire life. And says that they exist in the Matrix. It's a false reality that's been constructed for humans to hide the truth about their existence. And Morpheus holds out two pills. In his left hand is a blue pill. Neo takes the blue pill, he'll wake up in his bed and believe whatever he wants to believe. He takes the red pill, then he stays in Wonderland, and Morpheus shows him how deep the rabbit hole goes. Oh, yes. What would you do? Oh, I see how far the rabbit hole goes for sure. I... I'd, I'd probably take the blue pill. <laughs> I know I know me. I know the decisions I would make. If I'd already been through this kind of shit, I'd be like, no, get me out of this situation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Speaking from those terms, you know, if they, I had to go through everything that he went through, maybe not. <laughs> but if, like, it happened today, especially after seeing The Matrix, like, yeah, man, I want to know. I want to know what's going on. Is this a simulation? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> if it's a simulation, somebody like is playing free play right now because shit's crazy out there. <laughs> <laughs> free roam. <laughs> I'm expecting yeah. to see dinosaurs running down the street any day now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Directed by David Lynch. Uh, it's like, what's going on? You know. <laughs> so Neo takes the red pill. Yes. And Morpheus leads him into another room where he's strapped into a chair is told that the pill he took is part of a trace program so they can find him in in, in this other world. 
And Neo pokes at a shattered mirror that fixed itself, and the silver begins to creep over his skin like venom, like the symbiote. And it starts pouring over him, and he's like, you know, oh, it's cold, it's freaking And they pinpoint his exist, they pinpoint his location, they hit a button, suddenly Neo goes black. It's a creepy moment where he just kind of like turns into computer noise. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, well, yeah, I mean, you know, that's sound editing. Like, it, you know, got a lot of recognition because it's fucking great. <laughs> he wakes up dazed in a pod. It's freaky. He, like, crawls his way out of this pod. He grabs this thing that's shoved down his throat and, like, pulls it out. He looks to his right and left, and there are millions of pods in this weird dark building this giant computer i mean this giant machine comes over and unscrews him out of the machine he's got holes all over his body he's bald he got he's hairless and he gets flushed into this into the ocean and uh a ship a hovercraft snags him grabs him pulls him up we see morpheus again dressed in rags and he tells him welcome to the real world <laughs> so powerful. He kind of yeah. looks like a uh, Keanu Reeves right there. Kind of looks like a uh, Ryan Reynolds does in Deadpool. You know what I mean? <laughs> when he's got when he's like completely bald and stuff. I was just like, oh, I was like, ah, they look kind of similar. <laughs> oh, for sure. It's weird seeing hairless people. Like, yeah, no kidding. No, no kidding. No eyebrows. No body hair. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, celebrities just completely shaven. It's weird. It's an unnatural look. So Neo is being uh, acupunctured. He's getting his his muscles regrown. He's atrophied. He asks Morpheus, why do his eyes hurt? Morpheus says that you've never used them before. Jesus. To re- to, how do you process that? That you've never woken up before? Your entire life is a lie. It begins now. You are one years old. Like, this is Ugh. it. That's fucked up. That would mess anybody up. Yeah, for sure. Neo handles it pretty well. <laughs> he, he does, yeah. He's the chosen one, man. Maybe. <laughs> Ugh. So, Neo wakes up fully clothed. He's got holes in his body, including a big one in the back of his head. And uh, Morpheus enters the room. Neo asks, "What, like, what is this place? And Morpheus says, the more important question is when... You think it's the year 1999 when, in fact, it's closer to 2199, but we don't really know. (laughs) He shows Neo around on his hovercraft, the Nebuchadnezzar. It's an old, beaten-up hovercraft. His crew is APOC, Switch, Cypher, and uh, Tank and Dozer, and this little guy named Mouse. I don't know why they all have, like, computer names. I guess in the future, when you get unplugged into the real world, you have to abandon your birth name and pick some kind of, like, you know, neo-futuristic name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it just seems like it would be fun. Like, let's have some code names. Like, I'm Cypher. (laughs) I want to be Diesel. (laughs) Uh, I think I'm going to go by Motherboard. Motherboard? (laughs) That's great. Oh, my God. (laughs) oh so morpheus says you know you wanted to know about the matrix so you know take a seat this is going to feel weird and he plugs this probe into the back of neo's head into the socket 
Neo freaks out for a second and wakes up in a world completely white, a void. It's called the Construct. It's a loading platform that Morpheus and his team use to help people, like newly freed humans, deal with the real world and also load up on guns or whatever they might need. Neo looks like himself again. He's got hair again. The holes are gone. It's his mental projection of his digital self. Buckle up, because it's about to get confusing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of information. So Morpheus explains what happened. He says that the world that he that Neo considers the you know the one that he knows is part of a interactive simulation that they call the Matrix. The w- real world is scarred, desolate, abandoned, destroyed. It wouldn't it wouldn't look out of place in a Terminator movie. Morpheus says that at some point in the early 21st century, mankind gave birth to artificial intelligence. <laughs> A singular consciousness that birthed an entire race of machines. Holy shit, you know, this might be the same universe as the Terminator. Yeah, yeah. You could say that. Uh, Fucking Skynet? Is uh, Morpheus really the, yeah. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? You could fit these two movies together really easily. (laughs) Uh, So nobody knows who struck first, but a war happened between mankind and the machines who became sentient and self-aware. Mankind scorched the sky, blotted out the, the the sun, attempting to deprive the machines of the solar power they used to function. But instead, they doomed themselves, and the machines started to use humans as living batteries. Eesh. So what they do is they enslave these humans from birth, plug their minds into the Matrix to make them think that, you know, this business as usual, that the world is fine. Which, is that really... I mean... I know that the machines are supposed to be the bad guys, but that's pretty merciful. I mean, they I don't have. To, I know what you mean. Yeah, they don't have to give us a world that where we get to live a normal life. They could just, you know, erase our minds, plug us in. But instead, they give us a semi blissful existence that's realistic, so they can feed while we live. Personally, I think that's, you know. I don't think that's a very high price to pay. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I, um, a movie that I love is like, you know, sorry to bother you. There's that company where people go and they live at this building and they work at this building and they, you know, there's no money involved. It's just current constant. We feed you, we, you know, give you shelter and you just stay here and you work and like, that's what you do. That's your life. Uh, you know, I mean, some people are, some people are okay with that. Um, with just kind of like ignorance is bliss. That's what um, Cipher says at one point. Yeah. Because uh, he like he decides he's he's had enough of it. I totally understand that that perspective, but I definitely myself I'm definitely like you know I like the conspiracy side of things and thinking about how like oh I bet the one percenters are up to no good, and you know this movie's right up that alley. <laughs> I understand the desire to know the truth. I understand you know what is life i get that but at the same time when i if i found all this out i would be incredibly resentful of the person who led me here like yeah plugged me out of a, a life that i considered to be fine to yeah free my mind but at what cost like what do i have now nothing now you so, have to fight yeah yeah now i'm in a war 
Like, I yeah. kind of get where Cypher's coming from on this one, you know? Oh, I definitely do. I don't really see him totally as a villain. I mean, he he operates kind of like a douchebag, but uh, I, I understand him. I have sympathy for him. Yeah. It's interesting the different angles you can take with this one. Um, So, Morpheus tells him, you know, the Matrix is a computer-generated dream world created to keep us under control to turn us into batteries. Neo is like... This is crazy. Let me out. Let me out. And he freaks out. They unplug him. And he starts, you know, he's panicking. He's having a he's going into shock. Cypher says he's going to pop. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. And that green shit comes out. Yeah. Neo vomits on the floor, passes out. He wakes up in his bunk and he asks Morpheus, I can't go back, can I? And Morpheus says no. And uh, he Morpheus tells Neo that he broke a rule for him. After a certain age, people can't be brought out of the matrix. Their their minds aren't, you know, are too ingrained into the software to accept the real world. But Neo needed to come out because Morpheus is convinced that he is the one who can save them all. I don't know why. why does it ever explain why he's so convinced that it's Neo? No, I, not necessarily. Mm, I would love to know that story. Like, oh, how did Morpheus? Too get stumble onto Neo specifically. Hmm. I don't know. So Morpheus explains why he had to do this. He says, when the matrix was created, there was a man born inside it who could create his own reality. He could break the rules. And it was this man who set Morpheus and others free. He freed the first of us. And when he died, the Oracle, this program inside we'll talk about later, prophesized that he would return in another form and the return of the one signifies the destruction of the matrix and as long as the matrix exists humanity can never be truly free and morpheus believes the search is over neo is the reincarnation of that man he is the one neo is like okay <laughs> that's a it's a lot of it's a mighty hard red pill to swallow right there <laughs> yeah, no kidding, man. I, he's like, at that time, he's like, man, maybe I should have gone with the blue one. <laughs> oh, my God. The next day, Neo starts his training. Tank, the operator, the guy who watches the computer, makes sure everything is ship shape, gets them an exit. He plugs Neo in and starts uh, training him with, with combat training. He gets all sorts of forms of martial arts drained into his head. Jiu-jitsu. Kempo, Taekwondo, drunken boxing, everything. And after four hours, <laughs> Neo wakes up and says the immortal line, I know Kung Fu. <laughs> yes. It's, it's pretty corny, but I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it, we, we needed that. <laughs> Morpheus says, show me. And the two start training in a training program. They spar. And Morpheus is... Well, during their fight, trying to get Neo to break the rules, to think beyond his own reality in order to be faster, to be stronger. And everyone's watching this fight like it's, you know, Tyson v. Holyfield, like it's the biggest thing in the, in the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Morphe uh, Neo ends up getting the upper hand because he starts thinking outside the box. Then they load the jump program. Morpheus tells Neo he has to free his mind in order to leap across these buildings. Morpheus takes a running jump, leaps across the skyscrapers. Neo goes, whoa. 
I think I know what's uh, going on here. Nobody ever accused Keanu Reeves of being the best actor. <laughs> nah, that's not. Yeah, no, that's not what it's about for him, you know. Oh no. <laughs> Did you ever so, see the day the Earth stood still? Oh my God, yes. yes <laughs> that was that is that is by far and away my least favorite thing he's ever done. That is such a terrible movie. Oh my what God. What was he doing with that one? You know, I know he's been in a lot of movies, but that one is bad. That one's really bad. <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was pretty fucking weak. Yeah. My um, body re- does. <laughs> I've never seen the original. I've, I mean, I've heard it's great. It's a sci-fi classic. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, I have seen the 08 one, and a lot of people, I mean, pretty much everybody hates that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Pretty reviled. So Neo tries to free his mind, tries to make the jump. He doesn't make it. But that's okay, because everybody falls the first time. He wakes up, and they, they, uh, you know, they unplug him, and there's blood in his mouth. And he asks Morpheus, if you die in the Matrix, do you die here? Morpheus says that the body can't live without the mind. So if you're in the Matrix and you die, you die. Like, there's no do-overs. It's not a video game. <laughs> Good lesson to have. Well, so, that's, you know, that's essential for this plot to make sense for the actual simulation. It's like people who die, you know, on Earth, well, you know, you need the mind to continue. So it totally makes sense. You, you kind of yeah. need that confirmation to make this movie make sense. Yeah, exactly. And if it didn't work that way, there wouldn't be any stakes. So this needs to be real, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so Morpheus and Neo are walking down the street. Morpheus is explaining about the Matrix. He's talking about all these people. And he says that the people who inhabit it are part of the system, the very people they're trying to save. And in this scene, uh, the Wachowskis employed a lot of twins in order to make it look like the same people were walking up and down the street. Like a, like a program. <laughs> and uh, this woman in a red dress walks past, and Morpheus asks him, like, were you listening, or were you looking at the woman in the red dress? And I, I love that. Neo looks again, and it's Agent Smith. And uh, Neo, Morpheus freezes the program and tells Neo that it's another training program in order to teach Neo one lesson. If you're not one of us, you're one of them. Everyone who's been... Who's not yet freed in the Matrix has the potential to be an agent. They can body jump through anybody. And everyone who's ever faced one of these things has died. Again, they really build up the agents to be this the ultimate evil, scary shit. I love that. Yeah, oh, it's great. Especially the fact that you don't get any, uh, you know, background or much dialogue from anyone but Smith. Yeah, because he's special. Why? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Hugo Weaving. <laughs> yeah. Uh, suddenly, the Nebuchadnezzar is on alert. There's a holographic image of a sentinel, a big old squid-looking robot monster. And uh, the crew has an EMP ready, electromagnetic pulse. It's the only weapon they have against these things. But the ship, the uh, the squiddies, as they call them, search for the ship. They don't see them. They move on. They don't have to launch the EMP. But they can't launch the EMP when people are plugged in because they'll die. And uh, that does come up later. Yes. Later that night, Neo startles Cypher, who's at a computer console. I love that. Cypher's just like, whoa! (laughs) Scared him. And uh, Cypher offers him a drink, some, like, super ethanol crazy shit. And 
says, you know, you're probably wondering why didn't you take the blue pill? Neo laughs, but he's like, yeah, <laughs> he's thinking like, yep, that's exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> and in this uh, scene, uh, Cypher's setting, setting up his meeting, his like closed loop meeting with uh, Smith that he's about to have. But Neo doesn't know that because he can't read the code. And then Cypher sits down in a ranch in a restaurant with Agent Smith in the Matrix. He has a steak and he says, you know, I know this isn't real, but I don't care because my mind makes it real. It's like, oh, this guy's dangerous. And uh, Cypher makes a deal with Smith to give him Morpheus in exchange for being plugged back in. So we know who the informant is. <coughs> Cypher, he's a piece of shit. He's going to he's going to trade them all into Smith in order to get back into the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. That's that's huge. That's big character development. A guy who snapped, who was like, I don't want to do this shit anymore. I'm ready to have some some kind of like normalcy and uh, ignorance is bliss is what he says. Yeah, I bet Smith was fucking with him, though. I don't think there's any way to get plugged back in. Smith's going to kill no. him, too. Yeah, probably. You're an idiot to think you can deal with these people or these things. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Uh, so Morpheus, Trinity, and the, uh, Neo and the rest of the, the gang are jacked into the Matrix to go talk to the Oracle. And the Oracle gives people answers. Uh, she's been there since the beginning of the Resistance. She's a, pro- a program on their side. She made the prophecy, and she can help Neo find a path. They go to the apartment of the Oracle, and there's this kid bending spoons. And this kid gives Neo a lesson. Don't try to bend the spoon because that's impossible. But only, you know, instead realize the truth. There is no spoon. It's brilliant. It's this movie's so brilliant. And it's so it's leagues beyond the quality of any anything else the Wachowskis ever did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. It really doesn't make sense that this is their movie as well. You know, I know. Right. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. Oh, <laughs> So the Oracle's making cookies. She sizes Neo up, asks whether he thinks he is the one. Neo says, like, he doesn't know. And the Oracle doesn't really tell him whether or not he's right. Instead, he says, um, you know, that uh, she says Morpheus believes in Neo so much that he's going to sacrifice himself for him. And Neo's going to have to make a choice between Morpheus's life and his own. And kind of misleads him, says, you know, you're not the one, but... You know, Neo kind of thinks, like, maybe Morpheus shouldn't know that. And uh, Neo almost tells Morpheus this, but Morpheus cuts him off, says, like, you know, what she said was for you and you alone. I don't need to know. And as they're going back to the uh, jack point, Neo experiences deja vu. He sees a cat walk by and then sees the cat walk by again. And that gets everyone on edge because deja vu means there's a glitch in the Matrix and something somebody changed something. And that, you know, they know where they are. The, agent, the agents are coming. Mouse gets gunned down by the cops. Mm. First casualty of war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gets really, gets really, gets really serious there. The stakes get really high. We get enough scenes with these guys to care about their deaths. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. The uh, Morpheus has Tank find a lay out of the building, and they go into the walls. And uh, Cypher sneezes, giving giving their uh, location away. The police open fire. They start, uh, Neo and the crew start firing back. An agent 
Smith takes over the body of one of the cops, reaches into the wall, grabs Neo by the neck. And in one of my favorite scenes, Morpheus like screams and dives through the wall to take down Smith. <laughs> so badass. Zero hesitation. He's like, my my guy's in trouble. I got to take this. Oh, it's awesome. He knows yeah. he's going to die, oh, too. His commitment to Neo is is crazy. Mm-hmm. So Morpheus grabs Smith. Trinity gets Neo out of the building. Smith and Morpheus fight, and Morpheus ends up face down on the tile. It, Smith introduces himself. He calls himself, he's a, he's a Smith. I love that. He yeah, say, oh, I'm man. Smith. He says, I'm a Smith. <laughs> so Smith and the cops beat Morpheus into submission, and they take him. Cypher returns to the Nebuchadnezzar before the rest of them, kills Dozer and shock and uh, shoots an electric gun at Tank, and, and he takes over the operation. Trinity tries to call them. Cypher pulls the headset off, answers, and reveals it was him. He betrayed all of them. He says Morpheus lied to him and tries to convince them that you know he's doing the right thing here. And Cypher starts killing them one by one, unplugging them. He kills Apoc, he kills Switch. And he's, he says he's going to kill Neo, and he says, if Morpheus is right, there's no way he can pull this plug. I, <laughs> and he's kind of, you know, a miracle does happen. Tank shows up and kills Cypher. <laughs> yeah. What's up, bitch? I wasn't dead. Yeah. yeah. Classic. Classic. Oh, one. it's great. Great. Super satisfying. Tank brings them back. You find, You know, they find out Dozer's dead. And Smith starts torturing Morpheus because he wants the codes to Zion, the human civil uh, city that's left, like the last true human city. If the, if the machines can get in, they can wipe out humanity and win the war. And uh, Smith starts talking about the first Matrix, said it was designed as a utopia to make everyone happy. And it was a disaster. Nobody accepted the program. And uh, he says that as a species, human beings define their reality through misery and suffering. It's Jesus. It's, the things he says are so brilliant. I love it. Smith is so articulate and really like he, he's on a completely different level. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he reminds me of, you know, someone like uh, like Hans Landa. You know, it's just like the intellectual side of him is just, oh, you know, on a whole different level because of what he knows the control and the, the knowledge knowledge is power. I wouldn't be surprised if Tarantino took a little bit of Smith for Landa because they are very similar. They're both, you know, part of a greater evil, but in it primarily for themselves. And yeah. Yeah. Just like, they're both, pleasure. you know, intelligently like leagues ahead of the rest of them. It, I totally see that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I wasn't, I was just trying to think of another guy who's just wicked smart. And that's the first guy I always think of is like, Oh man. This guy can say stuff that you're just like, oh, and then he kills you, you know. <laughs> it's brilliant. Oh, for sure. Uh, so Tank argues that the only thing they can, the best, like the only choice they have is they have to kill Morpheus because he has the, the codes to Zion's defenses and they have to sacrifice Morpheus for the good of mankind. And Neo realizes that this is the choice the Oracle told him he would have to make. And he chooses Morpheus. He's going to go back in and save him. Meanwhile, the agents realize that the informant, Cypher, is dead, and they have to deploy the Sentinels in order to stop Neo and Trinity from pulling this off. So machines are dispatched to go take out the Nebuchadnezzar. The ticking clock has begun. <laughs> Here we go. 
<laughs> uh, Neo and Trinity go into the into the Matrix. They load up with guns, and <laughs> Trinity says, "Like no one's ever done anything like this." And Neo's like, "I know. That's why it's gonna work." Mm, stop ah, yes. <laughs> oh. Morpheus hasn't broken yet. Smith tells the agents to leave him. And that's when we get a look into the real Smith. He takes out his earphone, his glasses, and tells Morpheus what he really thinks. He says he hates this place. He hates the Matrix. He says it's a zoo. It's a prison. He says he hates the stench of humanity. He says that he's always he, he thinks he's going to get infected by their disease. And he knows that Morpheus holds the key to his release. He says, I'm going to get free and you're going to die. <laughs> like It's so personal. It's such a great insight into who he is. This was the main scene I used for my essay I was talking about. Oh, man, that's um, fantastic. <laughs> Downstairs in the lobby, Trinity and Neo show up, and they shoot their way through the cops. I love it. Soldiers and everything. They just It's a great action sequence. They just wipe them out. Oh, yeah, and brilliant. The, ag- the other two agents, Brown and Jones, enter the room to find Smith without the earphone in, and they're like, what were you doing? Like they're like they're, you know, asking Smith, like this is this is protocol. What are you doing? You didn't you're not you're not you're not plugged in. You don't know what's going on. (laughs) Trinity arms a bomb in the elevator. They sever the cable with a few shots. Counterweight drops. They fly up and the elevator falls to the lobby, blows up the lobby. Yes. And (laughs) the sprinklers come on. Smith commands the agents to find them and destroy them. On the roof, a helicopter pilot is calling Mayday. He gets taken over by an agent. Neo shoots at the agent who dodges the bullets. It's so cool. <laughs> oh, badass, dude. I mean, yeah, that's the stuff you like to see. The slow-mo. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. The agent pulls his own gun, starts shooting Neo, and Neo does the iconic bullet dodge where he drops you know, backwards. It's been done in so many, so many different things. And... Uh, Two of them nick him in the legs. The agent walks up to Neo, who's going to shoot him. I love that the, the agent you know, gives, gets one quip. He says, only human. Mm. Oh, I love that. You're like, what? Trinity, yeah. <laughs> Trinity goes up right behind the agent, says, dodge this, shoots him right in the back of the head. <laughs> dodge this. Yeah, that was great. I love that. Makes her the first person ever to kill an agent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true, true. Mm. Tank gives Trinity the ability to fly, downloads it into her head. She gets in the helicopter, and she and, Morf- and Neo go to the floor that Morpheus is on, and they Neo just opens fire with a minigun, takes the agents fucking down. It's amazing he didn't hit Morpheus. <laughs> Incredible, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's some stuff in here. It's like, uh, uh, are those bullets uh, curving? It's kind of like, you know, like you said, movies have done it over and over, and like Wanted did it, you know. 10 years sure, after it started with the, here it started exactly here. this is this is the first and it works the best right here <laughs> <laughs> oh hell yeah so the agents are dead morpheus realizes you know he's got to get out and he uses like sheer force of will to break his handcuffs and <laughs> it's so badass and he runs to the helicopter the agents show back up they shoot him they hit morpheus in the leg and he leaps out neo grabs him Agent Smith hits the chopper's hydraulic line, though. Trinity manages to get Morpheus and Neo to a rooftop. She grabs 
He grabs the safety line as she jumps out and the helicopter flies into a building, does this awesome like reverb effect on the windows before it blows up. Yeah. Oh, so that was good. cool. <laughs> oh. Neo hauls Trinity up to them. Morpheus asks Trinity, do you believe it now? Ah, but Neo still is, you know, wants to tell Morpheus I'm not the one. Uh, they go to a subway to get out. Trinity and Morpheus get out, but Smith shows up and shoots the gun before Neo can get out. <laughs> and oh, this is easily my favorite part of the movie, the fight between Neo and Smith. <laughs> ah. So Smith greets him as, you know, Mr. Anderson. It's time to pay the piper. And they start shooting at each other and they end up like gun to each other's head, but they're both empty. They're so evenly yeah. matched. It's great. Yeah, you're out. So are you. Yeah. <laughs> Badass. Oh, yeah. And they start, you know, going at each other hand to hand combat. And Smith clearly has the upper hand here. And he, he does that one part where he punches through the fucking column with zero effort. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so. Smith knocks Neo to the ground. Neo coughs up some blood. He gets up and he starts, you know, putting the whale on Smith. But Smith counters, throws Neo into a wall. There's a train coming. Neo, you know, Smith throws him onto the rails, puts Neo in a headlock and says, do you hear that, Mr. Anderson? That is the sound of inevitability. It is the sound of your death. Oh, man. <laughs> Goodbye, Mr. Anderson. And Neo grabs his arm and says, my name is is neo and flies him into the ceiling takes a giant backflip smith gets hit with the train <laughs> fuck yeah fuck yeah so cool i love that move when he jumps up yeah and hits the ceiling it's perfect so bitchin but the train stops smith comes out of the train <laughs> you can't put these fuckers down oh and uh the sentinels are going after the uh, nebuchadnezzar but they can't launch the uh the mp till neo's out Neo starts running through the streets. He grabs the cell phone out of somebody's hand, and the guy's like, what the shit? He took my phone! <laughs> I love that. Yeah, somebody do something! That guy took my phone! Like, shut the hell up. The Wachowskis use the phrase, what the shit, at least twice in this franchise. It's weird. <laughs> what the shit? Mm-hmm. So it's a, great Neo, it's a great phrase. It's great. Neo calls Tank and is like, get me out of here, get me the hell out of here. So Tank starts guiding him towards an exit, but Smith is on his ass constantly morphing into somebody else to get Neo. And uh, <laughs> Neo arrives back at that hotel at the beginning of the movie. He opens a door. Smith shoots him in the chest. Ah. Neo's vital signs start dropping. Morpheus is flabbergasted, you know, it can't be. Neo falls to the ground. And Smith just loads an entire clip into him, man. He did not want him to get up. Oh. Smith checks the pulse, says he's gone. And Trinity confesses that the Oracle told her that the man she would fall in love with would be the one. So he can't be dead because she loves him. Oh. <laughs> it's a little saccharine, but, you know, it works. Yeah, no, I like it. And... uh <laughs> She kisses him as the machines are you know, crawling through the ship. And Neo's vitals pop back up. He's alive. He gets up. He's, you know, he's reborn. 
And the agents are like, no way. They open fire. Neo raises his hand, stops the bullets in midair. He is reborn as the one. And <laughs> Smith runs at Neo to, fu- to attack him. Neo blocks his blows effortlessly with one hand, kicks him across the, the hallway, leaps into Smith's body. Yes. Control, like, you know, starts ripping him apart from the inside, and he explodes. Neo kind of bends the world around him, gives one look at the other agents, and they just bolt. <laughs> they scared the, he, he scared them. He killed Smith. Or so we think. He pops back in part two, but we're not talking about that today. So the uh, the Sentinels are now in the ship. Neo gets to the phone. He gets out just as they push the EMP. The damn robot dies right in front of Morpheus. And uh, Neo's back. He kisses Trinity and all is right with the world. Uh, Neo. He, uh, the film ends with a voiceover from Neo, which I will read off here. I know you're out there. I can feel you now. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you, a world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries, a world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Ah, he hangs up. Rage Against the Machines, Wake Up starts playing. Yes. He puts on some sunglasses. And we just see him fly into the fucking sky like Superman. And that is The uh, Matrix. <laughs> so good. Bitchin' movie, man. I Honestly, like that was a detailed summary, and I'm very glad like, we covered pretty much everything. I give that film an easy 10. Hell yes. Same for <laughs> me. 10 out of 10 as well. Yeah. Uh, Without a doubt. I, uh, yeah, I feel so strongly about it. I always will. Uh, again, that I got to hit the nail on the head about the rage against the machine at the end of the movie is just a fucking perfect, you know, exclamation point on the film altogether and a really ballsy choice, but I love it so much. It's awesome. Oh, hell yeah. And the song wake up. I mean, could you get a better? Yeah, dude. Well, yeah, Zach De La Rocha. Oh yeah. To have (laughs) Zach De La Rocha screaming with the green, you know, the green, you know, cryptid words, you know, directed by the Wachowskis. It's just fucking perfect. (laughs) Great. So, the Wachowskis filmed The Matrix Reloaded and The Matrix Revolutions back to back, released them both in 2003, and they're both they both don't hold a candle to this first one, which is a total masterpiece. Off the top of my head, like it, it's been a, actually about two months since I watched these. Uh, Matrix Re- Reloaded, I give a seven. Matrix Revolutions, I give a six. Yeah, I think I'd probably give them both a six off the top of my head. I haven't seen either of them in a while, but yeah, shit gets yeah, just, weird. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, too convoluted, and then, uh, you know, yeah, just hold on to what really made it good, and that's not what they did, in my opinion, so. There's a sex rave, there's a Hugo Weaving imitator, there's an architect, there's a French guy, there's ghosts, shit gets weird. Yeah, and yeah. Maybe one day we'll go into the into the Matrix sequels, but uh, right now we're just going to bask in the glory that is the Matrix, one of the greatest action films of all time, and a true masterpiece of the 90s. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, yeah, uh, like you said, it was such a great way to uh, end the century and op- end the century of films and open up the 21st century. Uh, yeah, it's timeless, man. It'll it always stand forever. I can't believe it's over 20 years old. It's crazy. I know, right? So, anything else you want to add about the Matrix? 
No, just uh, that I encourage anyone um, who hasn't who hasn't been able to watch it. It's on Netflix right now. Um, you know, check it out. Please check it out. I, I hope our passion for it encourages you to, to rewatch it if you have seen it already. Because, yeah, it's a, it's a classic. Hell yeah, man. Could have said it better myself. We will uh, this Sunday, we'll be launching another bonus for you. Our top 10 films of the 80s. Oh, it's been a <laughs> very while. excited. Took me forever to finally come to terms with my list. I'm very proud of what we ended up doing. And uh, that was filmed before the uh, the uh, coronavirus epidemic caused a quarantine. So that'll be the original format. The sound quality will be our original uh, quality. So enjoy that. And uh, we will be back next Wednesday with Sinister. Thank you for listening. Peace.